Mike Dempsey here for Underdog Fantasy, inviting you to try their Pick'em game. Pick between two to five players and just select whether to go higher or lower on a given stat. Go to underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog Fantasy app. Sign up with promo code 1010XL. That's Underdog Fantasy. Use code 1010XL. Game day is underway. This is the famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Live from Tailgaters Parking, here are your hosts, Hayes Carline and Mia O'Brien. The temperatures outside, they are frightful. The music selection from producer Casey Dobson and hopefully the play on the field Oh, so delightful. Happy New Year, everybody, or almost New Year. Happy belated Christmas. Happy holidays. Mia O'Brien alongside Hayes Carlion. This is the famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. First time seeing you since the Christmas holiday, Hayes. At least the Casey and the Sunshine Band. Pump up the volume a little bit. Pump up the vibes a little bit, perhaps. Yes, absolutely. Well done, Casey. And hope you get to feeling better, pal. And, uh... Yeah, Merry Christmas to, to you, Mia, and, and everybody, and hopefully you had a, a wonderful holiday. Yes, I certainly did. I know plenty of our listeners out there in the 1010XL universe, wherever you may be listening to us from, or on whatever platform. We're available on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, our two apps, as well as Terrestrial Radio, by the way. Uh, I'm sure they all had a Merry Christmas, and if you didn't, well, I hope it's a Happy New Year to you. Uh the folks that maybe didn't have so bright of a Christmas were the Jacksonville Jaguars. A disappointing loss on Christmas Eve. I know being in the locker room this week, they, they say they've regrouped. They're trying to snap this four-game losing streak, but obviously in terms of morale outside of the building, Hayes Carline, it's a bit in low supply right now. It is, and rightfully so. The Jaguars are playing the worst football of the season at the worst time to be playing that football. And, and again, there's still time to turn it around. They still control their destiny. But now, Mia, their back is really up against it. I mean, we're, you know, we could be eight hours away from basically the season being over. If Houston and Indianapolis win and Carolina does pull the upset here, it won't matter in Nashville. You're done. Your season's over. And uh, so hopefully there is that sense of urgency. The good news is the opponent. We'll talk a lot about the Carolina Panthers today and the struggles that they have had. But they are ample. And while they have shown some life here at the end, you couldn't pick a better opponent to be coming in here today. And, again, without Trevor Lawrence, that is going to be the key. Can this Jaguars offense summon enough with C.J. Beathard to hold serve and get an important win to, to stay in this thing. Yeah, I think we're going to talk a time or two about the fact that the worst team, if only on paper in the National Football League, is coming to the bank when the Jaguars need a win most. And when, again, they will be without their quarterback. Trevor Lawrence officially ruled out on Friday. We'll get to more in-depth as to where that decision came from coming up in the fair and fair injury updating throughout the duration of today's program. But the Jaguars are coming off of their fourth straight loss, a 30-12 to defeat at the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Here's the one silver lining if you may Hayes Tampa is a playoff team I don't think there is any disputing that right now because Baker Mayfield and the Bucks are rolling right now the four teams the Jaguars have lost to the Baltimore Ravens the number one seed in the AFC playoff team the Cleveland Browns no one has played better football over the last month playoff team the Cincinnati Bengals still hanging around and for what it's worth that's perhaps the biggest would have should have could have during this four game losing streak just because you had Trevor Lawrence you had an opportunity to win the game obviously he goes down with the first of what has become three injuries over the last four weeks and you miss a kick here and there a holding phantom call here or there 
that kind of changed the trajectory, I think, of that game. But the other three, yeah, you want to win them, but you lost to three playoff teams. And the thing, too, it, it, those are all great points. And I think in looking at it, there is still time to harness this thing. Uh, they are getting some key players back. Cam Robinson's going to be back at left tackle. That's gigantic. So in looking at it, the message from Doug Peterson to his players has to be, yes, obviously we're not happy with how it's gone the last four weeks, but we still are in control of this. If we get, if we get a win today and we feel good about ourselves and we're able to go to Nashville next week and close out our season with a win there, win the division, then let's just see. Then let's just see where everybody is, who's coming here in the wild card round of the playoffs, and can we get hot? So there's no, they're out of mulligans. It's got to start today, but if it starts today, they can still have a great run at this thing. Absolutely. Of course, this start to such a run would have to be without the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who was ruled out of today's game on Friday after not practicing all week with a sprained right shoulder. I was surprised, Hayes, because we met with Doug Peterson on Thursday, no availability Friday due to the Gator Bowl, but Trevor Lawrence was at the Gator Bowl visiting his alumni, or his alumni, his alma mater, Clemson, who, of course, won and were playing in that game. And honestly, I thought, okay, business as usual, it's the same as it's been the last month plus. Trevor doesn't practice. Trevor takes mental reps. C.J. Beathard takes the reps. They'll find a way to get him limited on Friday. He'll play on Sunday. When we got the injury report Friday at 4 o'clock, and it said Trevor Lawrence out for the first time in his professional career, I know I was stunned. Were you? I was stunned. And, I, again, I'm, I'm interested in seeing is this just one game. I, I was concerned when he got up in front of media after the Tampa loss and said, my shoulder's really bugging me because he never has talked that way about an injury. It's always been, yeah, but I think I'll be okay. It's no big deal. You know, I, I think it, it could have been worse. That, those are sort of the, the vibes he, he gives off when talking about injuries. This was the first one where he was like, yeah, it's, it's really bothering me. That was a, a, a really telling sign, uh, certainly in hindsight, and it makes me wonder, you know, where is he going to be? Now, you'd love to win today, have the Texans and Colts both lose, yep. and then perhaps next week – you know, you can see if, if, you know, how much he, you know, you need him. But, uh, but I get the sense that I'm not sure about next week, you know. And so, you know, we'll see. It's shoulder. I mean, it, that's, that's, that's really difficult. Those injuries can take some time to heal. So, you know, we'll see. The important thing is for the Jaguars, just get it done today. Just get it done today. We don't expect it to be pretty. We don't expect style points. We don't need style points. What we need today is a 10-9 to victory over the Carolina Panthers and get in the locker room and hope to God that the Texans and Colts both lose today. And then that frees you up a little bit, gives you a little bit of wiggle room, although you really don't have all that much to begin with. C.J. Beathard will get the start, his first start as a Jacksonville Jaguar today. He was 11-15 of 15 for 94 yards and a touchdown in the second half of last week's loss to the Bucks. A lot has been made about his career record as a starting quarterback, Hayes, but I think some context is very important. Yes, he was part of the San Francisco 49ers the last time he was a starter in the National Football League because of an injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. That was the early age of Kyle Shanahan, his last start coming in 2020. Yes, I understand they went to the Super Bowl the year prior, but you have to understand this was not the current iteration of the San Francisco 49ers with Christian McCaffrey firing on all cylinders with Brandon Ayuk, 
Debo Samuel, George Kittle, like not all of those guys Trent were Williams Trent Williams, there. right? Not all of those guys were there then. It was a different iteration, and I'm not saying that's an excuse. And therefore, like he's going to be a different quarterback, and it'll be a different result than I believe he just has two career wins in the NFL. But it's important to remember that a lot of those starts came his, I believe, his rookie or his second year in the NFL, and that was a complete roster rebuild that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan took on. I, the thing I like about Beathard, at least in this situation, is, uh, and I, I have great concerns, but he's at least been here. He's been here for a while. He's been with Doug. So, there, you know, we, we've seen guys come in and catch lightning in a bottle, and so I'm not saying that that, that means everything because we've seen, like, Josh Dobbs overcome mm-hmm. that, and Baker Mayfield did it last year overcoming it when he had to start for the Rams after five days being there and won. But I do think it's valuable that the coaches have a really good idea of, of what C.J. Beathard does well, what he likes, how to orchestrate a game plan around him. C.J. obviously has a tremendous understanding of, of the offense and what's expected. It may even be sharper than Trevor's. I mean, it probably is. C.J.'s 30 years old and, and has seen a lot more in the league in, in terms of his experience. So, you know, I'm not as worried about that. It's just I think mentally C.J. Beathard will be in a good place today, and I think he'll manage the game well. And if he does that, I think the Jaguars have a great opportunity. The thing that's interesting about Carolina – they don't take the ball away. They're last in the NFL in takeaways with 11. So if you just don't hand it to them, I think you're going to win today. And I don't think that C.J. Beathard is going to hand the game over. He may miss some throws here and there, but I think from a decision-making standpoint, a decisiveness, I think he's going to show the kind of steel nerves you need in, in situations like this to go play effective game-managing football and I think again if they can just do that if they can avoid the implosion they will win today because nothing suggests that Carolina is going to go take it from them I've seen more than one person on social media say that perhaps this dose of check downs maybe not necessarily trying to fit things into tight windows, i.e., I don't know, running the ball. Maybe that is exactly what the Jaguars need, truly a simplified game plan in order to get them onto a winning track. And it'll be curious to see because this is a run game that has absolutely struggled over the last four weeks. There is no question about it. A lot of people believe the injury to Cam Robinson, the injuries, plural, to Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland, Anton Harrison went down last week as well, that that played a direct factor in it. But for me, Hayes, I understand you're playing behind the eight ball, but the best player on your team through eight weeks of the season was Travis Etienne. And they have just completely forgotten about him. And I understand he's not fully healthy either. Now maybe this injury to Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Beathard being the quarterback forces their hand into actually having to run the ball. Or, as Paul on our YouTube chat points out, um, if nothing else, maybe the 40-degree temperatures will uh, remind them maybe it's a good day to run the ball. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The ground game has got to wake up today. Uh, the matchup is, is certainly favorable. Uh, they have a great player in ETN that you know uh, we, we were worried about load management you know halfway through the season because obviously he was getting a lot of work well he's gotten very little work lately to your point they, they've they've given up on the ground game <clears throat> I understand why I'm not this isn't to criticize but it's now time for that to rev up for all the reasons you said I mean you're, you're you don't have Trevor Lawrence you don't have Christian Kirk uh, it is going to be a game that's played at least with a tinge of elements I don't think it's going to be brutal but uh, but certainly when you get into late December, 
the running game really steps up, uh, or ideally steps up. I don't know if, if Luke Fortner and Brandon Sheriff are going to get the kind of push that they need, but I, don't, I think their hands are tied. I mean, I, I think they've got to go into this saying, we can't expect C.J. Beathard to throw it 50 times today. Yeah. I mean, unless you're going to go with that quick passing attack we saw the Cincinnati Bengals employ when they came here on Monday Night Football a month ago, the game that started this losing streak, and Jake Browning was getting the ball out in under two seconds. But even then, that was Joe Mixon and the run game's yeah. best game of the season. And you had Jamar Chase. Yep. And T. Higgins. Yeah. Must be nice. Right. Must be nice. So, yes, so here we are in Jaguar land trying to figure out how they can get off this schneid. Meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers enter this game, yes, with only two wins on the season, but coming off of a dramatic loss to the Green Bay Packers at home 33-30 in what many believe Hayes, Bryce Young's best game as a pro, 23 of 36 for 312 yards, the first time he's gone over 300 yards in his young career with two touchdowns and zero interceptions. What have you seen from Bryce Young over the last weeks or so that says to you, hey, Maybe he's turning a corner. Maybe this is a bigger concern than previously believed. I think one of the things that's really helped Bryce Young is, A, he's been able to withstand a, a lot of hits. I mean, he's been sacked, what, 53 times uh, this season. It's, uh, I mean, for a guy that's you know, basically a figurine out there, I mean, that's a, yeah, that speaks to his toughness because he's obviously not big, and, and obviously he's taken more than just the 53 sacks in terms of contact. So, Obviously, he's tough. I think, you know, he's, he shows really strong leadership skills. I think one thing that's really helped him is an old Jaguar, DJ Chark, who's been in and out of the lineup for a lot of the season. But when Chark is in the lineup, and, and he is now, he's really effective. He is a playmaking receiver. And, uh, again, he doesn't have unbelievable numbers, 461 yards and five touchdowns. But his five touchdowns come on just 32 catches. So he scores one out of every seven times he catches the ball. And, uh, and we've seen that here. You know, that's kind of how he was as a Jaguar. DJ Chark, uh, very likable, but, but kind of runs hot and cold. You know, we'll have a great game, but then, you know, or, or, or be, out in, about, be out of the lineup. Availability's been an issue for DJ. So I think that's – I think Bryce Young's weapons are a little bit better. Uh, Hubbard's done a good job of giving them something on the ground. So I, I think the environment around him has probably been better. It's, it's probably been better that, you know, Frank Reich isn't there. And they, he, there, it seems like, you know, with the interim coach, uh, Chris Tabor, that, that, that it, maybe that settled things down in terms of, well, did he want to draft me? Did he not want to draft me? And, and all that's eliminated. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think that Carolina, to your point, is coming in in a, in a good spot considering how well they played last week offensively. And they beat Atlanta in a, in a lower-scoring game two weeks ago. But still, this is a team that they've yet to win on the road this season. Uh, they've been just dreadful in the first half of games. They've been outscored 202-114. to 114. The Jaguars have to come out today and find that surge, have early success, and they'll be fine if they bog down if they're self-inflicted mistakes on their first couple of drives on both sides of the ball, then you're going to be in for a 60-minute game and staring a collapse dead in the face because if you lose this game, now you're really tempting fate on, on your postseason. Something tells me that will be a consistent refrain in today's famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show. If you can't beat the Panthers, do you really deserve to right. be in the postseason? 
So great question. We will continue with that refrain and dive into this matchup even further when the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars, Frank Frangi, joins us next on the other side of this timeout. Hey, we appreciate all of you guys commenting on our YouTube stream. Make sure you watch us there. We also are on Facebook, X, Twitter, whatever you're calling it these days. You can also interact with us on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. And of course, we are live at Growler's Bar and Grill right at Tailgaters Parking. So stop on by and say hi. Frank Frangi joins us when the famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show returns right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show live from Tailgaters Parking presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Let's ring up another guest on the all pro roofing phone line. As we continue our program and continue to search for answers as to how the Jaguars can get off this schneid of a four-game losing streak, let's welcome in the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars on the call for today's game between the Jags and the Panthers. It is the one, the only Frank Frangi. Frank, a belated Christmas, belated happy holidays to you, my friend. Same to you guys, and and I've got I'm searching for answers too, Mia. Good morning to you and Hayes. I need an answer too. Are you guys outside this morning? That's my answer. Oh, of course we are. God it's not dang. that bad, actually. Uh, okay. I'm sitting next to the fireplace with a hot chocolate, hot tea, hot potty, yeah. and, and, and just thinking <laughs> of you guys. So God bless both of you for being here. It's not too bad. It's not too cold out It's there, not though. really. So it's sunny out, and there's no wind at all. Okay. So knock on wood, I, I mean, I don't think – to me it's not that bad. What do you think? No, I, well, once you're in the sun, it's not nearly as bad as this morning when I got in the car and I saw 36, and I was like, oh, my God. Um, but I also have, like, three layers on, Yeah, I mean, Frank. I'm dressed for it. Uh, right? Well, no, Hayes has a sweatshirt and a long sleeve on, and I'm, like, in, like, three jackets and a sweater right now. And he walked over, and I was like, how is he doing this? But the sunshine, I think, will definitely make a difference, and I think it'll get up to 60 today, so it won't be that awful. Well, me, me, I'm like you. I'd be all. Uh, he, he's like this. He he shows up like with a tank top and cutoffs all the time. When we do the show, so so That's I right. get that. So. But, but uh, I'm looking forward to football today. And I'm glad it's nice. Though. Big game today, pal. Yeah, boy, this is probably about as big a game as they'll play. Uh, here's the good thing: is if you find a way to win today, and if you win with C.J. Beathard, and you beat a team that's struggling, it's only a two-win team, despite how badly everything is gone. You remain in the catbird seat. It's been a weird year, hasn't it? If you think about it, oh, yeah. all the expectations. Then you start one and two, and then everybody thinks, wow, you're more as good as you thought. Then you win seven out of eight, and you really look like one of the best four or five teams in the league at that point. And then you struggle down the stretch. It's been a, boy, it's been a, a season of ups and downs. But the good thing is, uh, Hayes and Mia, you're well positioned. You know, you're well positioned. Now, that doesn't matter if you don't win the game, but if you win the game, you're still pretty well positioned. We'll see. Frank, were you surprised by the news Friday that Trevor Lawrence had already been ruled out of today's contest? And what can we expect from C.J. Beathard? I was surprised they announced it. I was surprised. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know if they'd have Trevor. I don't think anybody knew. I don't think Trevor knew. I don't think the team knew. Um, I, I didn't. I, I was surprised that it was so. To your question, Mia, I was surprised that it was so de- decisive that they were able to announce it. You know what I mean? I thought maybe because of the shoulder. He'd throw a little bit Friday. He'd throw a little bit Saturday. Might even get up and throw today. And then they'd say, okay, now we can or can't do it. So the fact that they announced it when they did surprised me because that tells me it's probably worse than I thought it was, if that makes any sense. So I was was a little surprised that the announcement came out. That tells me that shoulder is really wrecked. It really really wrecked for this week. It really hurt for this week. So that surprised me a little bit. C.J. Beathard knows what he's doing. I, I think I can tell you I've talked to coaches enough. I've been around that building like you have, Mia, enough, uh, and Hayes. 
that that they what they like is he knows what he's doing. This isn't this isn't Nathan Rourke going out there and playing. That's no disrespect to Nathan Rourke or EJ Perry. But this is a guy that knows how to play. He has started twelve games. He has played a bunch of games. He's actually played pretty well when he's had to go in this year. So he's not going to make the plays Trevor does. He doesn't have Trevor's arm. He doesn't have Trevor's athleticism. He's not going to be able to stick balls in there the way Trevor does. But he knows how to play. They trust him. And I think what matters right now is trust your quarterback and find a way to get a win. Frank, how do you think Doug Peterson and, and Press Taylor will cultivate the offensive game plan today? I think they're going to run it. And I, and I think they would have run it even if Trevor had played. I think they've, they've been saying and thinking and believing they've got to get the run going. And what happens is you try to haze. And then last week against Tampa, I promise you the game plan last week was to run football. That was the plan. Run the football last week. Well, you look up and you're down 20 to nothing. Now you can't run the football. And so you got to stay ahead of the sticks a little bit. You can't, you have to get off to a good start. And I think a good, I'm going to speak to that in a minute. But boy, Hayes, I think a good, a fast start is really critical of this game today. But I think they want to run the football. And I think you're going to see an all, I think you're going to see some of Tank Bigsby today. I think you're going to see some of Travis Etienne. I think Dearness Johnson may still be a little bit banged up. But I think you're going to see all the running backs, and I think you're going to see them run the football. And to the point I made a minute ago, you have to start fast in this game. I don't care how many wins the Panthers have. I don't care how, what, what, if you're in first place or not. They're human beings. And when you've lost four games in a row and haven't played very well the, the last few, you've lost some confidence, man. And, and, and that's, that's a reality. A reality is you've lost confidence if you haven't played in a while. And that sideline, that locker room, uh, the feeling of those 11 guys on the field, you have to have some confidence. So I think a fast start today, a good start today, maybe not an electrifying start, but a good solid start today is really critical for this football team. Frank Frangie joining us on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline. He, of course, will be on the call for today's game with the Hall of Famer Tony Baselli, Jeff Lagerman, and Bucky Brooks right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Frank, it felt like this week for the first time Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, and Trevor Lawrence weren't afraid to say the hard part out loud of whether it was kills and alerts last week or perhaps some miscommunication in the weeks prior that wide receivers and tight ends have not necessarily been where they've supposed to be. How do you think they rectify that on a short week? Is it that simple of a fix? Yeah, it's a great question, Mia, and I think you're dead on. I think you've, you've hit one of the big storylines. But I think an addendum to that storyline is why they've had to struggle so much. I don't think they've blocked anybody. And I think when you're not blocking anybody, uh, you have you have to change plays. I think when you're not blocking anybody, you tend to panic a little bit. You have to get the ball out quicker. Uh, there's no running game, so there's no third and twos, Mia. There's a lot of third and nines and third and eights and second and nines. And I think that the problem has been they just have a difficult time blocking people. So, yes, the communication has been a concern. Yes, uh, do they have too much stuff in there? Possibly. But I think they're having to go to that stuff to overcome the one real weakness of this football team, and that's when they just had a tough time on the offensive line. Now, part of that is they've had injured guys. Cam Robinson coming back, I think, is gigantic. Um, but they've had injured guys. They've had to move guys around. They've had guys in and out of the lineup. But I think the, the difficulties blocking people, in my opinion, Mia, has caused them to have to audible more. Has caused them to have to, uh, to, to change the play more, to, to, to move a little quicker. The communication has to be better because there's no margin of error in terms of how much time they have to get the ball out. I think all that is what started all of this, and I hope that changes. But to your question, yeah, I think they're going to simplify things a little bit and just uh, and go with what they've called. I think that's going to happen. But I think what really has led to that, in my opinion, is a tough time blocking on that offensive front. Frank, how do you think the Jaguar defense matches up against Carolina? 
Well, I, I listen. Bryce Young's going to be good in time. Right now, he hasn't played very well. He had a great game last week. Obviously, Adam Thielen's a really good player and having a really good year. Uh, but but they're ordinary. It's a team that's won two games. It's a team that may, maybe in time Bryce Young becomes a very good player again. He was very good last week, but he has not been. He threw for 300 yards, but he has not been great. So I, I think you're okay here. I think you're going to win the battle up front. I don't think Carolina's going to be able to do a lot with your defense. I, I think that's advantage Jaguars. I, I, I do. I think advantage Jaguars when the Jags have the ball, Hayes. I'm sorry, when Carolina has the ball and the Jags defense is on the field. I worry a little bit more about the other side. Um, Derek Brown, the defensive lineman, is a really good player. The former Auburn player is a really good player. Brian Burns, the former Seminole, when he's ready, he's a kind of an up-and-down guy. But when his effort's right, he's a really good player. Frankie Luvu, the, the middle linebacker, is a tough, physical, downhill guy. I worry more about that group, Hayes, when, when the Jags are on the field. I expect, I expect to, despite how nice the weather's going to be, I expect a defensive game here. So I think, to your question, when the Jags are on the field defensively, I think they're going to be okay. I worry about the other side of the ball a little bit. Yeah, it was super interesting, Frank. We had Chris McLean of WFMZ up in Charlotte on primetime on Friday. And, you know, I said to him, when I first looked at the situation Bryce Young was walking into, knowing that this is the same franchise that had just drafted Ike Okwanu in the first round the year prior, knowing they have signed guys in free agency, Bradley Bozeman, other guys that they've drafted, I felt like if there was any situation that the offensive line was a strength and a rookie quarterback could walk in, step right in, and it would help them, it was Carolina. And he explained that he just thinks it was the change in philosophy between running a zone-blocking scheme a year ago when they won those six games down the stretch with Steve Wilkes versus trying to just pound the ball up the middle in the initial stages of this Frank Reich regime, which obviously a lot of turnover there. And so I'm just curious, how have you seen that offensive line, at least on tape, maybe take a step forward and help Bryce Young over the last three, four weeks? Aquano's a good player. Cade Mays is a good player. Other than that, I think they're okay. I think that I don't think it's a great line. But I think what you said, Chris, told you guys, me, there's some truth to that. That thing's messed up right now. I mean, and, and, and David Tepper's a big part of this. I mean, because he's not sure what he wants. Frank Reich's a good football coach. I, I can tell you this. Frank Reich is the best football coach out there that can't seem to keep a job. You know what I mean? He's and so, so he did go, when you hire Frank Reich, he's going to put in what he believes. Well, first of all, you change philosophies to your point. Then you bring in a brand new rookie quarterback who's not a very big guy. That's second. Then you have a, a, a little bit of a meddling owner. That's third. You throw all that into the pot and you got a mess. What they have to do, and I think Chris Tabor's done a nice job, by the way. I think what I'm told, he just settled everybody down. Everybody calm down a little bit. Let's all get on the same page. And I think he's, I don't think he has any chance to keep the job, but I think he's done a nice job as the interim guy. Everybody just calm down a little bit. And I think that's what's happened with them. But I don't think to your question, it's an average offensive line. Bryce Young's playing at an average level. Uh, Chuba Hubbard's a good player. He's not a great player. Again, Adam, I mean, old friend DJ Chark is, is still a prominent player for them. I like DJ. He's one of the nicest kids around, but he's just okay. Uh, they shouldn't threaten the Jaguars defense very much in my opinion. Frank, how do you see the, the rest of the division going today? Who do you like in, in Titans God. at Texans and Raiders at Colts? It's a mess, isn't it? I mean, isn't it crazy? Yeah. Think, think about First of all, to your question, um, I think both opponents are going to win, which is why the Jaguars need to win. So, so to, your, to your specific question, I think the Texans and the Colts are going to win. No, listen, I thought the Colts were going to beat the Falcons last week, so what do I know? But I think, I think both those opponents are going to win today. And certainly I know the Jaguars are going to approach that as if both opponents are going to win the football. So that's what I think. But think about this, Hayes that if the Jags win and the other two lose, the Jags win the division today. The next week doesn't matter. 
If the other two win and the Jags lose, the Jags are out. Yeah. Think about that because one of them is going to win next week because they play each other. So yeah, if stunning. they both win, if they both win today, they get to nine and seven. That means one of them is going to get to ten wins next week, which means the Jags can't win the division. So think about how crazy the scenario is going into this week's game. But my guess is, I think all three are going to win today. That's my opinion. What do you guys think? That's a great question. What do you guys? Think? I think all three are going to win today. What do you guys both think about that? I, yeah. I agree. I, I think agree. all three win. I think all three win, although I think the Raiders obviously are feisty. Yeah. And if Will Levis wasn't as banged up as he is, although obviously he rested last week for the Titans, I would think maybe there's a scenario in which they can go into Houston and win. But I just think coming off of the injury and the you know the loss last week that was so embarrassing to Cleveland, I just think D'Amico Ryans is going to have those troops rallied. So I, I think all three win if – if any of them are to lose, uh, you know, besides the upset here, I would think it's the Colts just because yeah. I think Antonio Pierce has kind of caught lightning in a bottle in Las Vegas right now. Yeah, if I was putting it like confidence, I would say I have the most confidence in the Jaguars, then the Texans, then the Colts. Yeah, I, I probably I, I probably agree with that. I agree with that. I will say this. I talked to folks in Nashville this week um, with the team, and they have a they have an eerie – an eerie sense of confidence. It's weird. It's weird. I mean, and everyone's confident. No one ever thinks they're going to go into a game and lose. But I, but I think uh, if uh, I've been told by two or three people, don't be surprised if the Titans go there and win that game. So I don't know that I think that, but I, I heard it from people that I trust enough that I'm going to pay a little bit more attention, if that makes sense. I, uh, so, so we'll see. But yeah, I think all three are going to win, which means we've got one heck of a final week coming up next week. It definitely makes sense, Frank, because I had people telling me there was an eerie sense of confidence in the building in Houston when they came here week three, and we obviously know what happened there. So that's the way the National Football League goes. Um, Big picture, before I ask you for your X factor, so many fans, which, you know, the nature of why they're called fans is they're fanatical. So many folks outside of the building clamoring about, is it personnel? Is it the play calling? Will heads roll? What is happening inside the building? What's the sense that you get in terms of, panic versus, hey, we're just going to steer the ship the way it's going, and even if the chips don't fall where we want them to, we under we know who we have in the building and we're going to roll with them heading into 2024. Yeah, I, I think it's early for that. I think it's early for who's back, who's not, administrative, heads roll. Uh, right now it's just a tough stretch. And I've always said this, Mia, and I get the question, but I've always said this. The NFL season is a dang marathon, man. I mean, think about it. You go to camp in July, and they play a Super Bowl on Valentine's Day. Think of think about how long that is. Right? I mean, just, just that's half the year. It's at least half the year. And so there's going to be peaks and valleys and ups and downs. And right now, there's just we're all asking those questions because because we're thinking, how in the world do you pull yourself out of this? So I think if you win today, that calms down a little bit. From a personnel standpoint, they got some decisions to make. The offensive line isn't very good, I don't think, or at least right now not playing very well, so they got to really evaluate that group. Um, if Calvin Ridley doesn't wind up on the team next year, uh, do they have enough playmakers outside? We could talk forever about specifics after the year. As for is somebody in trouble because they didn't do a good job building the team, or I don't, th- I think it's way too early for that. I, I think, and I know fans talk that way, and fans are excited. It's fans' right to feel that way and to ask those questions because you're frustrated. I get the frustrations. I think that's premature. I think there's still two really important games to play. By the way, I think the Jags are still going to win the division. They're still in the catbird seat. I think they're going to win today, and then I think we'll see what happens next week. But I'm still confident. I I don't know if I'm that confident, you know. But I but I still think they're. If you ask me, yes or no, they win the division. I still think they do. So I think that part's a little bit premature. But 
it's certainly, at the very least, sets up for a very interesting offseason. There's no, it's naive to suggest that's not true. I wasn't going to ask for a score prediction, but we'll take that dub. We'll take that <laughs> optimism. We need that sunshine around here, Frank. Um, an X factor, if you may, before we let you go for the Jaguars and then for the Panthers in today's matchup. All right. For the, for the Jaguars, two running backs, Travis Etienne and Tank Bixby. Okay. Um, I think Dearness is banged up too much. He's trying. I just think he's played. You know, the running backs have played hurt, man. And I think he's having to play hurt a little bit. I think you're going to see some Tank Bixby today. I think you're going to see a commitment to the running game, and I think the ball is going to be on the ground. I think you're going to run the ball. So, so I, want, I want to put both running backs. I think uh, Travis Etienne is going to have the best game he's had in a long time. It's been a long time now since Travis Etienne's had a big game. I think he's going to have the, the best game in a long time, and I, and I really do believe that. So I think he's, he's really a critical part of what's going to happen. Uh, as for as for the, for the Panthers, if they're going to have a big game, someone, I don't think they're going to run on the Jags at all. I don't, I, I don't think they can run at all. They're not very good offensively. If they're going to have a big game, it's going to be those two receivers. It's going to be Thielen. It's going to be Olsen and DJ Chark. You know DJ wants to play well. You know that. Adam Thielen's had a 95-catch season. So if they're going to win, if the Panthers win the game, those two receivers have caught a bunch of passes, in my opinion. If the Jags win the game, and I think they're going to, they're going to really run the football, and it's going to be on the ground, and you're going to get off a lot from ETM. And I think Tank Bigsby. I know Tank hadn't played much, but keep an eye on number four, Mia. I, I think you're going to see some Tank today. Those are my key factors in what's going to be, a, I think, a defensive ballgame. You are not alone there, Frank. I also heard throughout the week from multiple people that the Jaguars are, at least there's some people that are pushing to get Tank Bigsby more carries. The only way he's going to get through this rookie wall, this struggles of his rookie year, is if he plays. And no better opportunity than facing the worst team, if only on paper, in the league to hopefully right the ship for him, especially heading to, hopefully, the postseason. Frank, thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck on the call this afternoon. Okay, man. Hey, stay warm out there. Talk to you guys. See you, Frank. We will. We will will share our hand warmers with you when we (laughs) arrive in the press box. Thanks again to Frank Frangie for joining us on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline again on the call this afternoon. One o'clock kickoff between the Jaguars and the Panthers. For what it's worth, Hayes Carlion, our friends on the YouTube chat line, uh, they think we're crazy. Really? We got Max saying the Raiders are going to crush the Colts. They might. And the Titans and Texans are going to finish in a tie. Matt says, you guys are tripping. The Raiders are balling on defense. The Colts are going to lose. 24-10 Jags. I like the optimism. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I haven't heard enough of this this week. Well, there certainly is is nothing guaranteed uh, this season. It's been the most unpredictable NFL season, I think, in in, in a at least the last 10 years in terms of you just every time you think you got something figured out, it changes on you. And uh, look, obviously Indianapolis and Houston have a lot of flaws. I mean, they're, they're, they're far from perfect teams. So yeah, with the way the Raiders are playing, the confidence that they got beating the chiefs and arrowhead and, you know, uh, certainly the Titans playing with a young quarterback. Uh, they don't have Jeffrey Simmons. He's on IR, which is a massive blow, but yeah, I mean, look, Houston, this is an average division. It is an average division. Yep. That's what they're they're fighting to win. A it's not even a bad division, frankly. And so, yeah, the Colts could lose to the Raiders, and the Jaguars could lose to the Panthers, and I mean the the Texans could certainly lose to the Titans. It's it's wildly unpredictable. So yeah, none of this is is locked in at all. But I think I think the three teams in the bad division are actually going to hold serve 
and go 3-0 and today. And then they'll make it interesting in week yeah, 18. Really, really, really Let's head into the locker room for the first time on this famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Uh, set out to speak with the most veteran players in the locker room this week, Hayes. I think because they've been a part of losing streaks, including, I don't know, a 15-game losing streak not too long ago, which I think is important to remind people that was only three years ago um, that, that still exists, that did happen in this very town with several of these players. And so... How do you manage this four-game losing streak? How do you right the ship? We'll catch up with veteran offensive lineman Tyler Shatley coming up next right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Starting your game day. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Live from Tailgaters Parking on 1010XL. Almost to the 9 o'clock hour here on this Final day of 2023, the final regular season home game. Yes, note, I said regular season home game, folks. Not the final home game. We are optimistic. The Jaguars will get a win today, a win next week in Nashville, and would host a first-round playoff game at Everbank Stadium. Me O'Brien alongside Hayes Carlion. This is the famous automotive quick lube and quick lube kickoff show. I want another shot at Flacco. Yeah? I think Flacco's going to come in here as the five seed, Mm -hmm. and the Browns are going to be favored, and it's going to be Cleveland by two and a half, and Flacco's going to come in here, and he's going to throw four interceptions. Four interceptions from Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions. Turn right back. Wild card last year. You're going to give him a taste of your own medicine. That's right. I love it. I love it. Let's fire it up. Let's let's get the conversation going. You can chime in six four one ten ten the number to reach us at or our YouTube chat, which is popping right now. Hey, let's see. Do folks want to see Joe Flacco? How about we take care of Bryce Young today, <laughs> first and foremost? And first and hey, foremost, we're allowed to jump ahead. We're we not are playing. That's true. That is true. First and <laughs> foremost, Hayes Carlion, let us take a look at that injury update. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah, Jacksonville, exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the biggest news of the week, of course, that Trevor Lawrence, for the first time in his professional career, has been ruled out of an NFL game. He will not play due to that sprained right shoulder, did not practice all of last week. Two players are questionable for this one. Zay Jones, who missed last week's game with that lingering hamstring injury, and Cam Robinson officially activated off the reserve injured list yesterday. The expectation is Cam will give it a go. We talked to Trevor on Wednesday, Hayes, and at that juncture it sounded like he was optimistic he would play, but he also was optimistic that Cam would play and that Zay Jones would play. What say you? I think it's going to be tough for Zay. I mean, it'd be great for him to be out there. Um, so I'll say that you know Zay probably is inactive, but hoping to be wrong on that. And I do think Cam Robinson's going to be back. And look, for whatever reason, it, it's there, there has to be something to it. Uh, you know, we talk about a, a lack of nastiness, lack of edge. He must bring something to the group because they just they perform at a higher level. They, you know, the the, the running game uh, tends to be in much better shape when Cam Robinson is available. So, you know, hopefully, Cam Robinson being back. Obviously, he's a really talented player, savvy veteran. But hopefully, it, it elevates the play of guys just right down the line. And because uh, it, it's on them. I mean, it's if, if they want to have the biggest collapse in franchise history, the offensive line is going to be what that collapse. They're going to be the face of the collapse if it happens. And so, you know, again, that's a group that obviously has a ton of pride. I'm sure they've tried to tap into that this week. Can't wait to hear your interview with Tyler Shatley about it. But but this is it. I mean, 
block the Panthers today, you'll win the game, and you'll have obviously a great chance of, of winning consecutive division titles. And look, yes, I don't think the AFC South is a great division, but it still is a massive accomplishment for this organization right. if they can defend the divisional championship, if they can win consecutive AFC South crowns. To your point, where this franchise was just a couple years ago, it would be gigantic, regardless of what happens in the tournament. So they still have big, big prizes out there, but they've got to go get it done, and they've got to block Carolina today, or I don't think they have much of a chance. I think so many people forget, and I was so happy when Rick Ballou brought this up on the air two weeks ago, that this is a franchise that has the second-worst losing record all time in the National Football League. You're not the Patriots. I understand you want to hold yourself to a higher standard as a fan and as a fan base. I totally get it. But the truth of the matter is, if you heard you were 8-7 and seven, three years ago, you would be chomping at the bit at the thought of, hey, we got to win out, we got to beat the Panthers, we got to beat the Titans. That would be the dream scenario. And so I think that that dose of reality is important. Um, I think what's also important to note is, and I know a lot of fans have noted this this week, Cam Robinson, um, the Jaguars are 6-1 and one when he is in the lineup. And is there truth to that? Is there not? I'm not sure that he is going to suddenly fix all the ills of this offense, but obviously it would be a huge boost to that offensive line core. Meanwhile, for the Carolina Panthers, only one player has been ruled out corner Troy Hill who remains in the concussion protocol four players are questionable and they're four pretty big names Hayes uh JC Horn the former number eight overall pick the aforementioned Frankie Louvu the star middle linebacker out of Wazoo Icky Aquanu, the right tackle and then Marquise Haynes the outside linebacker which of those for you says hey if he doesn't play that spells trouble for Carolina yeah I mean I think I think it's Horn but they're all talented guys to your point and uh and again Carolina so much of this game is going to be where are they from a mindset standpoint coming in. Now, keep in mind, they don't own their pick. So it's not like they're going to deliberately lose to, you know, not that players do that anyway. But, but you know, sometimes you see coaches, particularly interims, being instructed from up above, hey, pull this guy for this guy, you know, it, weird substitution things when they're trying to protect their pick. Well, Carolina's not doing that. If anything, they want to win to avoid the embarrassment of handing Chicago the top pick in the draft from the, the Bryce Young deal. So you have, you have that factoring in, but you do have the other side of this, which is if you're a questionable player for Carolina, and a lot of these guys are really young guys, so obviously the organization feels very strongly about their future. You know, are you risking it? Are you putting them out there in a situation where they're not fully healthy in a game that obviously means nothing So you know, for Carolina? So, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting to see, does Carolina come in here and lay an egg? Does Carolina come in here and play sharp football? Uh, but of those four, and, and, and like I said, I think they're all really impactful. I think Horn not being out there would – I think they would have problems with Ridley – uh, if if Horn is, is unavailable. That is the Farrah and Farrah injury update. It is time to head into the locker room for the first time on today's program. I caught up with veteran offensive lineman Tyler Shatley, the longest-tenured Jaguar, to get his take on where this team currently stands. How do they flip a switch? How do they get back on a winning track? Pleased to be joined with Jaguars veteran offensive lineman Tyler Shatley. Tyler, first and foremost, a merry belated Christmas to you. Obviously, I know the loss on Sunday not so fun, but hopefully Monday filled with plenty of 
presents, treats? The kids had a good time? Yeah, they had a great time. Early morning, um, a lot of Legos, and uh, yeah, good times had by all. They wake up pretty early, though. They do. Yeah. Early risers. Yeah, just like you. Grinders, yeah, that's right. it. That's the, way to, that's the way to live. That's right. Um, you've been a part of this team now for almost a decade. You've yep. been a part of win streaks. You've been a part of losing streaks. Um, in terms of the lull this team is in right now, it, it just kind of feels like from the outside looking in, if you guys get a win, everything goes back. Is that kind of the vibe on the inside of the building as well? Yeah, for sure. We're just looking to, yeah, like I said, just get a win. Get some, uh, you know, kind of get that feeling back. Uh, you know, we're a good team. We're confident in ourselves. And we just got to execute better. I think people on the outside are looking for wholesale changes. In your experience, how much can you not make those sort of changes because you need to create some sort of consistency? Yeah, exactly what you just said. I mean, everything in this game is consistency. Um, there's a small margin for error. For error. Um, it's like every team is good. Um, the differences are so small, and that's where the consistency comes in. Especially along the offensive line. Correct me if I'm wrong. Absolutely on the offensive line. Yeah, that's, like you said, just having that time together, time on task. Um, you know, just kind of getting the feel for how each other play. Uh, it's very important. I asked Trevor this as well for the veteran guys. How much of it is about keeping the same message, being consistent, but also creating a sense of urgency? Yeah, we definitely want to keep the same message because, like you said, the wholesale change, like, we can't, I mean, you can't do that at week, whatever this is, 17? Yeah, I mean, we can't be changing what we've been doing all year because clearly for eight times this year it worked. So we can't be like, well, we, you know, let's figure something else out. We just need to stick to what we've been doing. We just need to hone in on the details and, you know, focus on doing our job every single play and eliminating some of the mistakes. In later news, you get Cam back on the practice Cam field this week. Yeah. You and Cam have played together for almost seven years now. What, does it, what does it mean to see him back out there? It's great to have him back. Um, obviously, very good player, uh, great team guy, great leader, fun guy to have around, fun guy to play next to. Uh, and, you know, obviously Walker uh, played, was playing well, and he's been battling through some, you know, the hamstring things. Ezra's been battling. Um, so it's just good to, you know, but always good to have Cam back. You know, like I said, like he's, you know, obviously don't want to see anybody get hurt, and it's nice to have him back. And speaking with CJ, he said it's it's kind of funny that people have written the Panthers off because their defense has been pretty good despite mm -hmm. all the – turmoil on the outside what do you see from their defense on paper very good um obviously we've been watching some film they have a very good defensive line they're all uh i mean high energy high motor guys they keep playing um yeah they are by no means to be overlooked written off they are a very good team uh, like i said earlier it's the nfl everyone's good Anything can happen on any Sunday. So, and obviously, you know, we're on this bit of a skid. So, it's very important for us to take this and stay locked in, stay on the details because it's, I mean, it's never going to be, there's no guarantees. Nothing's going to be easy. It's going to be, it's going to be a dogfight. Last question for me, even though I know this is airing Sunday. The Clemson family coming back to town this weekend. I'm sure yeah. you've gotten asked about it. Uh, 
you know, do you have any friends coming into town for that game on Friday? Um, I don't know. One of my friends reached out. They said they might come in. I feel like half the guys I played with are on the staff at Clemson now. I went to the practice on Christmas. I uh, took the older two kids just to see it. And I thought that's what I told Coach me. It felt like we could have dressed a team just with alumni that were there and that are on the uh, on the staff. Um, so yeah, I saw, a couple, saw a bunch of guys I played with. Uh, quarterback, Taj Boyd. Uh, I saw Brandon Thomas, who was here. I uh, played with him in Clemson. I saw uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of guys on defense. Um, yeah, it was cool, though. Cool to see all those guys. And you guys would have made the playoff if we suited you guys up today. Well, I don't know. We're pretty old, you know. Come uh, on now. Those guys are just getting younger and younger. and I don't want to say it, you know. I don't know. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool to see everybody. Um, a lot of good guys. Good time. Go Tigers. Glad it was a Merry Christmas. Glad you got to see them. Look forward to Sunday and then seeing you in the new year, Tyler. Absolutely. See you later. Alligator. Alligator. Always a good time yeah. catching up with the one and only Tyler Shatley. And, of course, Clemson won that Gator Bowl on Friday in epic fashion, a record 40-point fourth quarter. Uh, couldn't have asked for more if you're the Tech Slayer Gator Bowl committee. Now can we ask a little bit more of the Jaguars' offense? Can they right the ship here today, Hayes Carlion? That's the, that's the million-dollar question. I, I have confidence in Doug Peterson that, that they'll figure it out. And, and again, I, I have confidence in the fact that I don't think this team is going to lose you know, six straight to close the season. I, I just I think they're going through a lull, but and, and obviously not having Trevor Lawrence is, uh, I mean it's 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 beyond measure in terms of its impact. But I, I think because of the matchup, you go in, you run the ball. C.J. Beathard plays efficient football, and defensively, you've got to come up with a gym today. But that's not asking for the world. I mean, you're 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 dealing with a rookie quarterback who, while he's coming off his best game, has had a, a tough year. Uh, their weapons are lackluster. Uh, the, the offensive line can be a sieve at times. So this is one that is really on the defense in Mike Caldwell's group. I mean, go out and hold them to single digits today. Now, look, in fairness to them, if the offense you know, gives the ball up deep inside its own territory – then it's hard to blame the defense for those points. But I don't think we're going to see the offense just continue to malfunction. This is a group of professionals playing this sport. And I think and, – and they've got a Super Bowl-winning head coach. I do think they're going to figure it out. I still think there's time to be right by the time the tournament starts. If they can get a win today, get a win in Nashville, then however the, the playoffs shape up, whoever's coming in here – wild card round weekend you have a a modicum of confidence and and I think you feel like okay yeah we we went through a tough time but we've won our last two we're here at home in the tournament and let's go make something happen and so it's still all out in front of them and that has to be the message that they carry in today but they are out of mulligans so all the all the crap that they've been putting on the field has to stop today if, if, if they can do that, 
they still have a chance to 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 really leave a, a great legacy for this for this season. But the potential is also there for uh, just an incalculable collapse in terms of where they were. So uh, I expect to see a sense of urgency, a high level of intensity, and I expect the Jaguars to play for this version of what the Jaguars are with C.J. Beathard and, the, and not having Christian Kirk and, and other injuries. I think they're going to play a game that, that everybody is going to believe is at least a B-plus game. I think that's what you're going to see out of the Jaguars today. I don't, I don't know that you're going to see an A-plus game, but considering we've been seeing a lot of Ds and Fs over these last four, I think you're going to see considerable improvement today in, in a Jaguars win. Let's learn a little bit more about Bryce Young in hour number two of the famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Dimitri Ravenos, the co-host of the Young Gun podcast, which focuses on Bryce Young and his development in Charlotte in the Panthers organization, joins us next as we head behind enemy lines brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors coming up next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Getting game day underway, live from Tailgaters Parking, the famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Now let's go behind enemy lines. Behind enemy lines. Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors on 1010XL. Let's get our number two of today's famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show popping with Dimitri Ravenos of the Young Gun Podcast. It is a podcast focusing on Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. So who better to break down today's matchup than our good buddy who also still moonlights with our friends at Barrett Sports Media. Dimitri, how you doing, brother man? I'm good, Mia. How are you? I hope that uh, introduction was everything encompassing of what you're up to in the media world because I know, I know you dabble in quite a bit, but obviously I know you're focusing on Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers of late. So big picture for us, the, the hoopla surrounding the number one overall pick in this past April's NFL draft to where we are today, what has kind of been the story arc up in Charlotte? Yeah, I think the, the biggest uh, I think factor in all of this has been the play calling. I think it was pretty clear Frank Reich did not trust Bryce Young. I think that it is pretty obvious to anybody that kind of paid attention to that team that Bryce was probably not his choice with the number one pick. Uh, he seems to be, he, Bryce, seems to be thriving a little more in the last few weeks. And I don't think that is about uh, Frank Reich being gone as much as it is uh, about the conversations that have been had about needing to step up and establish himself as the starter. This team is not winning games, obviously, this year. I mean, what's the best-case scenario for the Panthers, 4-13? and 13? Like, that's not, nothing to hang your hat on, but what is important right now is making sure that that locker room sees him as their leader. He has established trust with all of those guys, and I think that is true. And I think here for these last two games, all of us Panthers fans want to see him be able to rely on anybody other than Adam Thielen. Like it, it's crazy if you look at the stats that Thielen has more than twice as many receiving yards as anyone else on that team. I think DJ Chark is something like 40 yards away from even being halfway to where Adam Thielen is. So really the, the arc has been about becoming comfortable with the fact that you are no longer on the best team. You are no longer the best player in this league, that, that jump up to the NFL from college is really difficult. We're seeing that play out. I don't think anybody has lost faith in the guy long-term, 
But certainly, you know, you look at what C.J. Stroud has accomplished in Houston this year, and there's chatter here in uh, Charlotte about did they take the wrong guy. Caroline, thanks so much for joining us. In, in terms of D.J. Chark, obviously he uh, made a Pro Bowl here as a Jaguar uh, uh, several years ago, uh, but he does bring a playmaking, and I know he's been up and down with his health this year, but where is he right now? Because it seems like he's playing pretty good football and, and does have five touchdown catches on just 32 receptions. Yeah, I mean, and, and last week really was the best game he has played in a Panthers uniform. And I, I go back to Bryce building trust, right? Like now it seems to me in these last three games, if Bryce is throwing to the sideline, Chark is the guy he is looking for. I, I've been saying all along that I think without a true alpha receiver on this team, Chark is going to be asked to do more than he is actually capable of. I think he'd be an excellent number two or number three option if we had a true superstar wide receiver to do the bulk of the heavy lifting. We just we just don't. So I think Chark, and look, you guys experienced this in Jacksonville, right? Like there are times he looks all world, and there are times you wonder if he is awake out there. I think that, uh, you know, that that level of, or I guess the level of production that we are relying on him to deliver with that kind of history, it just doesn't gel. I like him. He's a free agent after the year. I do hope they re-sign him, but I hope they re-sign him uh, with a more solid plan other than just banking on that potential that Jacksonville did and Detroit did before them. And there's, you know, there's a reason he was available this offseason. You can find him on Twitter at Dimitri Ravenos as well as at the Young Gun Pod on X as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and oh so many more. Again, it's the Young Gun Podcast, and it is Dimitri Ravenos joining us on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline. Let's talk offensive line a little bit, Dimitri, because I think that, and I already brought this up with Frank Frangie, we spoke with Chris McLean on XL Primetime on Friday, and I said to him, I looked at the situation Bryce Young was walking into, and if only on paper – it felt like this is a team that had had invested in its offensive line over the past few years, and at least Bryce Young will be walking into a situation with veterans across the board. Obviously, it hasn't panned out. Where have you seen them develop over the last few weeks, and what's the future along the front for Bryce Young? Yeah, that to me, Mia, that's the biggest question this team has to answer is exactly what is the future of this offensive line because I don't think you trade up to – get the number one pick to take a guy like Bryce Young if you don't think that the offensive line, particularly left tackle, is secured. And that, I think, has been the biggest question mark all season, not because of injury. Like, that's been the issue on the interior. Like, I think you can literally wonder, has Iki Aquanu forgotten how to play football sometimes? Like, there are literally times where a uh, rusher will get past him and the guy just throws his hands up. Like, he doesn't know... What just happened? I think the the middle of the offensive line is they have gotten healthier. They have become a little bit more reliable. I think one thing that has helped them cut down on the amount of sacks is whether it is Chris Tabor, whether it is Thomas Brown, whoever it is that has gotten into Bryce's ear and said, you do not have the time to wait for a receiver to be open, open. If your guy's not there, you got to take off and go. Uh, Bryce has done that in the last few weeks, and that has really cut down on the, you know, just gigantic number of sacks we saw through the first 10, 11 weeks of the season. I wish I had a better answer for you. I don't know what the future of this offensive line is, and it, it concerns me, frankly. Dimitri, I'm, I'm surprised Carolina, the takeaways are so low. 
uh, just 11 in, uh, in 15 games, 11 the fewest in the NFL. Is there anything you can put your finger on as to why Carolina hasn't been able to manufacture takeaways defensively? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is they are out there for so long. You know, I mean, I, I started following this team largely because of Bryce Young, right? I'm a, I'm a Bama grad like that is. That is my favorite player to ever come through Bama. It reminds me very much of the 2017 National Championship game against Clemson where they've got all the talent in the world. They're just out there so long that they are doing that. Like the best they can do is just get a stop, right? It's just get a tackle. I think that this team's strength was always on defense was always the, the front. And that doesn't mean I didn't expect a lot of takeaways. It's just, I think that as teams gain over and over again, this team cannot, this defense cannot get off the field. You can see it by the third quarter, man. Their shoulders are slumped. They're they're sort of out of it. They're frustrated with the offense on the sideline. I think that there is just a general malaise over this entire defense that does not uh, that is not able, I guess, to get out of their heads of we are playing the best we can. We are the strongest unit. We are not the ones costing us games. And that's true. If you look at every performance the Panthers have had this season, it's not the defense that has cost them games. Staying with the defense, Dimitri, I think that, you know, drafting J.C. Horn, who I know has struggled to stay healthy, signaled that perhaps that secondary would be fortified. It obviously has not. And so I know much of the talk in the Jaguars locker room this week was that we can't overlook the Panthers' defense. It's a top-10 unit despite the fact that they only have two wins. But also, health-wise, where would you evaluate this defense, and can it perform at a top-10 clip today against the Jaguars? It can if they can uh, if they can cause trouble in the backfield, right? Like the front seven, I think, are capable of playing like a top ten defense. The secondary has been uh, a bit of a mix and match all season long. Like you, you hit it. It, it, man, it's not just that J.C. Horn can't stay healthy; it's that a lot of guys can't stay healthy. It's that the defensive uh, play callers have not been able to figure out exactly what is the right combination of safeties back there, excuse me, of, uh, of defensive backs uh, in the backfield. There's been no real consistency. I, I think that you look up front, Frankie Lubu, Brian Burns, uh, those guys are certainly capable, Derek Brown in the last two weeks as well, are certainly capable of making a quarterback and a running game stay uh, a little bit unpleasant. It's just a matter of how do you go about turning that into turnover? Yeah, no doubt about it. As you look at it, Dimitri, what what do you think the mindset is of the veterans on on Carolina's team? Are are they two weeks away from from getting on with their lives, or do they really feel like there's something here on the football field they can salvage in these last two games? Oh, I think we are definitely in one, two, three Cancun territory uh, with the <laughs> veterans on this team. I I think that uh especially on the defensive side of the ball, like I, I'm telling you, man, like they just seem so checked out and defeated with this offensive experiment that's going on. I, I think it really is gonna come down to are you bought into Bryce Young? And the team is team owner Dave Tepper certainly is as a as a player, if you think there is a future with this guy, then you are bought in to what could be with the Carolina Panthers. Because I do think he has looked better each of the last two weeks. Uh, even in that driving rain in Charlotte a, a couple of weeks back. Um, but if you are if you are not, if you are one of the many that think he is too small, he is not the answer, he's not processing quick enough, 
you're ready to just move on. And unfortunately, I do think that is the majority of the team right now, at least the guys that have their contracts coming up. And and I think that whoever ends up becoming this team's head coach, um, you know, a- along with Dave Tepper and, and Scott Fitterer, the, uh, the GM, I think they understand this isn't a quick fix, right? Like you're going to have to turn over a lot of this roster to solve this team's problem. I think the coach will be. Ooh, uh, that is the million dollar question. I, I think that hopefully it's Billy Napier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a time that I thought Billy Napier would be the ideal, uh, ideal uh, successor to Dick Saban. Not so much anymore. Uh, I, I think that. Uh, Gosh, I, that's a tough question to be put on the spot with. Weirdly, yeah. I have heard Jim Harbaugh's name come up a lot in the last two weeks. Um, I I hate it. Like I, I just think that's an awful hire uh, for a young quarterback. But that is the name that I have heard a lot more in the last two weeks than I did at the beginning. Obviously, Ben Johnson is the guy. Uh, Dave Tepper covered. Uh, I, I mean, I like Brian Johnson out of Philadelphia. I just don't understand who with options would want to work for Dave Tepper. That's that's the problem. Elaborate for us, for our Jaguar fans who may not be familiar with that situation, Dimitri, before we get a score prediction from you. Sure. So Dave Tepper bought the Panthers uh, when Jerry Richardson was uh, was forced out for, for his, uh, his behavior. Tepper was a, I believe, minority owner with the Steelers. And since he has come to Charlotte, it has become very clear that with the Steelers, uh, the Rooney family told him to sit down and shut up anytime he offered <laughs> an opinion because this guy cannot stop meddling uh, in anything. He also owns the Major League Soccer Club in Charlotte, and between those two teams, if you count the interim, he has been in Charlotte for five years, and he has had ten coaches slash managers uh, in that time between his two franchises. He's impatient. He thinks he knows better than everybody else. He uh, is one of those guys that, you know, in his mind, uh, he's a billionaire. He must know what he's doing. And the fact of the matter, you know, I had your guy, I had y'all's guy Dave Campo on uh, our podcast not too long ago. And and I was asking him about working for a meddlesome owner. And and I think he encapsulated Pepper uh, in his relationship with coaches perfectly. You know, Campo, former head coach of the of the Cowboys, obviously NFL fans, there is nobody more meddlesome than Jerry Jones, right? And I asked him, what's it like working for a guy like that that always wants to have some say? And, you know, Dave said, look, it's frustrating, but with Jerry, you never doubt you're talking to a football guy. I think the coaches very quickly, and GMs too here in Carolina, get turned off by the fact that Dave Tepper is obviously not a football guy, but he will not accept that as reality and let the football guys do their job. He is a football guy, if only in his eyes. All right, Dimitri, (laughs) before we let let a true football guy and yourself go, um, a score prediction for today's Jaguars-Panthers game, sir. Uh, So let me make sure I have this right. Trevor is not playing, correct? Correct. Not playing. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 17 to 12, Jacksonville. Wow. Mm. Okay. I like a little I mean, scoregami. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. I, I think that uh, if we've learned anything here in Carolina this year, it is boy, they will give us hope, and they could start a drive like first and goal at the two, and somehow that's going to end up a 45-yard field goal with them. 
Fantastic. Dimitri, thanks so much again for joining us, and be sure you follow him at the Young Gun Pod on Twitter as well as wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Good talking to you. Happy New Year. Right back at you. There he goes, Dimitri Ravanos. You can find him on X or Twitter at that aforementioned name. All right, two more segments to go on this famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Carlion, I hate to say it, still a little chilly. A little chilly. But I think we do need to chill it up a little more. Yeah. With a chili drink, maybe? Let's do it. From our friends at Brackish Vodka. I was trying to get get nervous when we weren't drinking today. I I know. Don't worry. We are going to do that. We're we're also going to head back into the locker room, coming up on the other side of this timeout right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show, live from Tailgaters Parking, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Now the keys to the game. Brought to you by Instant Keys, fast, professional, honest locksmith service. Well, as I look over at uh, NFL Networks, since we have a television here at Growler's Bar and Grill on Tailgaters Parking Campus, uh, the NFL Network crew is split in their decision for today's wow. contest, Hayes Carlion, with one of the analysts taking the Panthers, the other two taking the Jaguars. Maybe that's a good thing. That is a good thing. You never want to see the clean sweep. Yeah. It's the kiss of death. It's, We've it really is. seen it on Monday Night Football for the last eight weeks as the underdog has prevailed, so maybe that's a good thing. Um, for me, and, and we just were talking about it briefly off the air, it's plain and simple. If you cannot take control of this game against a team that has not won on the road this year, that has struggled in every facet of the game, that has a makeshift coaching staff, you don't deserve to be talking about football and playing football in mid to late January. That's just the reality of it. And so I think that getting a win today, as quote-unquote easy as I just made that sound, is not necessarily as easy as it sounds. But at the same time, you have the talent to do so. And if you can... Then you can start looking ahead to next week, start talking about the postseason. And I also think just getting a win, doesn't matter what the score is, getting a win could completely flip the script of the last month. I, I think so as well. And, and, again, we've been on the other end of this. We've been on the Carolina side of this. And it's, it's a tough side. It's, it's, a, it's tough to play 60 minutes of good football on the road when you're playing out the string with an interim coach. And, and again, it's not like the interim just got in there. So they, they've lost the initial, well, what are they going to be like, the surprise factor, the sort of galvanizing factor that comes with that, uh, can come with that when you move on to an interim. Uh, there's, there's nothing to suggest that Carolina is going to be up and ready for this game. Now, if you hand it to them, they'll take it. But it seems like that's what's going to have to happen today for the Jaguars to, to continue the losing skid. It's just the same self-inflicted wounds, the self-destruction. If they can avoid that today, and I do think C.J. Beathard, he may miss a throw or two, but I, I don't think you're going to see really puzzling decisions from Beathard. I think he can manage the game uh, and, and, again, he's probably not going to hit a ton of, you know, above the X's and O's plays. You shouldn't need that to beat Carolina. So just don't – they don't take the ball away. They've shown you they, as a defense, are not going to make spectacular plays. They have 11 takeaways on the season. So as long as you just don't hand them this game, you should be fine. And I do expect the Jaguar defense to really play well because uh, I do think a lot of the matchups go to their favor – and I'm sorry, I don't see enough in Bryce Young yet 
to suggest today is going to be where he gets his first road victory in the NFL. I do agree with Dimitri Ravenos that if there is a strength of this Carolina team, it's in its front four, it's in its front seven, which is where I think the matchup of the Jaguars finally placing an emphasis on the run game, if only because Trevor Lawrence is out of this one, will be fascinating. Will they be able to run the ball? It's not a premier front like you have faced the last few weeks, i.e. the Baltimore Ravens or even the Cleveland Browns before that. And for what it's worth, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who did win a Super Bowl, three years ago with much of that same personnel. And so I think that hopefully that will free up that offensive line to have a bounce back game. But that matchup in particular for me is the biggest of any on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this has to be a game where Travis Etienne looks like a star. Now he needs help. Uh, the offensive line obviously is going to have to play at a higher level than what, what they've played at this season. But Etienne is somebody that in this, in this circumstance – this should be the game where he really rises to the occasion. And, I, you know, I think he will enough to – again, I don't think the Jaguars are scoring 34 today, but, uh, but I think he can rise to enough of a level and Beathard can manage the game enough to get them into the high teens, low 20s, and that should be enough today. So, you know, but the biggest thing for the Jaguars is they just have to avoid – the crippling mistakes that have nothing to do with something Carolina did. Just that is, if that happens early, then I have real concerns because that seems to permeate throughout the rest of the game. It seems like they can't shake it off when things go bad early. But again, Carolina has been dreadful in the first half of games, uh, getting almost double uh, the points scored. They're getting outscored 202 to 114 this year. So, you know, just get Carolina in a hole they're probably not going to come out of it because they know that they're basically eight days away from moving on with their lives. Final one for me, and I can't believe it took an hour and 34 minutes to get to this. I thought the playtime regarding Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco last week in their first game back from injury, respectively, was fascinating. Obviously, you're getting shut out. You're down 20 to nothing at half. The decision to pull them in the second half, and then when we asked Doug Peterson about it, and we asked Mike Caldwell about it this week. They almost suggested as if they were on a pitch count of sorts. And then Doug revealed that Tyson broke the tip of his finger, but he's still going to play this weekend. That whole situation from two players who, if you ask me in the first half of the season before they got hurt, were both in line for new contracts this offseason. And now the up and down back half of the season they've had is absolutely fascinating, especially when Mike Caldwell then says, well, you know, we felt like if we put Dewey and Buster in, we wouldn't miss a beat. Those are supposed to be two Pro Bowl players. There should be a little bit drop-off to their backups. Yeah, there, there should be. And I just think where you, what you're seeing there is guys that are playing at 60%, 70% of, of what they are. Tyson clearly isn't himself. Uh, you know, it, we'll probably learn more in OTAs and in training camp next year when he's willing to open up probably a little bit more about exactly what he's had to go through this season. And that's for, typical for most, uh, most of these athletes. They don't want to talk about the injury in the moment. But you get them, you know, months down the road when they're healed and they're more willing to say, yeah, it was pretty, you know, what I had to go through was pretty bad. Um, I would imagine that we'll have those conversations with Tyson in in May and in July. And I would think the same thing with Cisco. I mean, to play through with those positions, to play through hamstrings and quads and groins, it's just it's 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 impossible to to navigate that and not have a drop off in your play. And I, I think that's what we've seen. So hopefully their, their health is, is in a better place today than it was a week ago. Uh, 
but they need them absolutely. I mean, I they, they are significantly better than the backups. But if they're it way less than full strength, then yeah, they're they they become just sort of guys at, at at this level. And I don't think there was any way that Darius Williams was going to replicate that five six game stretch he had to begin the season in which he had a turnover in like every single game. And so now you put so much on his plate, especially opposite a real first-time player in Buster Brown now in his second year in the NFL. And so now when you look at this Carolina offense today, you know, Adam Thielen and covering him is going to be paramount. We know Trey Herndon missed some time when he was in the concussion protocol earlier this month. He's still getting his sea legs under him. We've seen flashes from Antonio Johnson, but it hasn't necessarily been, hey, he's your answer in locking down a number one guy of the opposition. And so I think getting Tyson and Andre Cisco back to full strength will be paramount in stopping both Adam Thielen and DJ Chark today, which if you can do that, you neutralize this Carolina offense. And I do think you're going to see big plays out of Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker to a lesser extent today. I, I think Carolina is going to have real issues protecting Bryce Young. Again, he's been sacked 53 times. I, 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 to me, that's going to carry over today. Uh, being on the road, I, I I think in looking at that, I'll be surprised if Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker don't have a profound impact on this game today. Those are our keys to the game brought to you by Instant Keys. Before we make the turn from home and say hello to our friends from Brackish Vodka, let's head back into the locker room and catch up with another veteran player with some insight as to how the Jaguars can get off this four-game losing streak. Here is Dewan Smoot. Please be joined with Jaguars defensive end Dewan Smoot. Dewan, before I ask about the game on Sunday, I have to ask: Good Christmas. What was the best present that you got? Uh, well, I didn't get any. I didn't get any presents, but um, I did get. I did get two presents from my my littlest or whatever. But uh, they they got me a little. Um, <laughs> it's called. You know them little those those big old like balls that are inside of like weight rooms and stuff yeah. the balance balls. Yeah, my my son and daughter they love playing with it, so they bought me one of those. So I think it's a really a gift for them. <laughs> they can get their workout and also some fun. In. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Um, good good toy drive. Good uh, with the LC Academy. Everything looking good for you guys on that. Front? Definitely, it was a good toy drive. We only had like two people show up. Yeah, I mean it was it was sad, but at the end of the day. We, we, it was just, we were still able to give it back. We ended up giving it to the Hubbard House. So we're good. Well, well, hopefully this interview will get more people getting signed up for LC Academy and yes. so much more. Uh, as far as where you guys are as a team, I know I just asked Tyler this as well, and you two, two of the longest tenured guys on this squad. Um, you've been a part of win streaks before. You've been a part of losing streaks before. From the outside looking in, it just kind of feels like if this team can just get a win, it flips yeah, everything. Right yeah, yeah that, and that's exactly what we're feeling as well, too. You know, we have to kind of flip it. I mean, the, the intensity has to go up and definitely feel like it started today. I mean, everyone came ready to work. And then this is one of our best practices we've had in the last five weeks. So I definitely see it flipping on Sunday. What is it about today's practice, about the urgency this week that's different, that you can sense it? Um, you, you just tell everyone's just ready to go. You know, like the intensity, even though we were going through walkthrough, everyone was communicating, everyone was moving like lightning speed, you know. So, I mean, you can, you can always tell what's a good practice and what's a bad practice. So today was definitely one of those good days. Look ahead to the Panthers. Obviously, you know, people want to note that they're the worst team in the league, at least on paper. But had some success last week against Green Bay. What have you seen from their offense? At the end of the day, it's the NFL. You know, it's any given Sunday. And, they're, you know, they're NFL players as well, too. Like, 
just because they're having a bad time doesn't mean they can't be spoilers. Two years ago, that's what we did as well, too. So, I mean, we got we to gotta come and just be prepared. We know that they're going to bring everything they have. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're, they have a really good young quarterback. You know, he makes good reads, some good throws as well, too. He's just a young guy, you know. I mean, our, our, our goal is to make sure that we're throwing a lot of things at him, you know, and make him think, make him be a quarterback. On film the last two weeks, what have they done to free him up a little bit more? They, they've been making him uh, throw in a run. You know, they've, they've been doing a lot of boots. We've seen a lot of that. And um, we just got to be ready for, you know, really plastering our guys. You know, when he's running, when he's on the run, we got to make sure that we're covering in the back end. And we got to make sure we're getting there and hitting him a lot, too. Obviously, uh, old friend and DJ Chark with two touchdown catches for them last week. Uh, what will it be like to see him back at the bank, but also, you know, obviously the game he had last week? Yeah, it's going to be good to see Chark, but, you know, at the end of the day, we don't want to see any of that <laughs> this week, none of that dancing and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be a challenge, but it's definitely going to be good to see him for sure. As you guys get ready for this stretch run, what has kind of been the message in the locker room? I know I talked with Trevor earlier about you want to keep the same level, but mm-hmm. perhaps have a le- little more urgency. Do you change the tone as a leader, or how do you approach your message? Everything is the same. It's just, you know, I think what, what we talked about today with the defense, like just cut cut out all the bull. You know, at the end of the day, it's no excuses. We got to make the plays whenever they're, you know, in in, in our face. You know, we got to make sure that whenever we're there, we got to make it. So, and that that was that was that was the message today. We just got to make sure that we're you know doing our job. Juan, thanks so much. Thank you. Boom. Appreciate you. Thank you. And that's why when you said earlier in the program, Hayes, it's time to cut out the crap, I didn't want to spoil it. <laughs> but Dewan Smoot literally said it. It is time to cut out the crap. It is time to play football. Yeah, absolutely. Great great job on that interview with Dewan. And, uh, I mean, it, look, Doug Peterson's been saying it for three weeks. I mean, it's just – but until the players hold themselves accountable, then it's not going to change. And the hope is now with this week, with the stakes on the line, again – we could be five hours away from their season basically being over. And they obviously know Or we that. could be five hours away from them winning the division. You're right. I mean, so, and, and hopefully that's where it lies. But I think in terms of what, the stakes that are involved, I, no, nobody wants to go in the offseason thinking, how? How did we let 8-3 and three turn into not even getting into the tournament? How did we allow the self-destruction to continue game after game after game down the stretch. I just think this is one of those games in the NFL where the team plays with a lot of pride. Obviously, the backup quarterback is in. I think everybody elevates from a focus standpoint. And I think they're going to play sharp today. And so, again, I, a lot of it, it helps that it's Carolina. I mean, that obviously, if, they were, if the Bills were coming in today, I would be very, very worried about where this is headed. But uh, again, you get uh, you know you catch a, a a break in the schedule, so to speak, with playing Carolina at this uh, juncture of the year, and they're really struggling. So I mean, you couldn't draw it up any better for the turnaround to start today. And if it starts today, they've got plenty of time to have a nice bit of momentum when the playoffs start. In a- few weeks let's take our final time out we're gonna get chad fired up ready to make whatever special brackish drink we have on deck what are we cooking up what are we serving up find out make next my, make mine a triple on the famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show right here on 1010 xl starting your game day the famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show presented by clearwater irrigation and gatorade fast twitch live from tailgaters parking on 1010 xl 
Well, we've stressed to everybody making their way down to Tailgaters Parking and Growlers Bar and Grill that the sun is shining, which it is. There's not oh, a yeah. cloud in the sky. It's warming up. But our boy Chad just put on the headset and Here said, we go. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie, this headset's a little chilly. It's a little chilly. It's yeah. a little cold, but it's starting to warm up now. It's starting to feel good. I've already dropped a layer, and I'm yeah. feeling really good about it. Okay. <laughs> there we go. We like that. Well, uh, no Matt Brookshire and the crew. A happy birthday to Matt and them. Happy birthday um, to yeah. Brackish, though, obviously, will be served here at Growler's Bar and Grill all, all day. day. All day today. And all what is our special? Today, we're going back to the roots. I know I've Ooh. said this like two or three times, but... Today, I feel like, you know, today's a new start. Maybe yeah. we'll get a win. Hopefully. It is New Year's. Yeah, New Year. There you go. It's New Year's Eve. So, everybody come. I mean, we're going to just do the, the Duval donkey. I feel like it's hopefully it'll, it'll spark some love. And we'll, I think it will. Yeah, you do? I have confidence. Uh, I hope so. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need a win back. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We've taken the donkey everywhere with the Cleveland right. and everywhere. And it hasn't yeah. really done a lot for us these days. But, <laughs> hey, listen, we're trying. We're trying yeah. to conjure some of that magic from a year ago. And, obviously, yeah. the Duval donkey was a big part of it. <laughs> um, remind the folks at home what goes into a Duval donkey. So, we're going to do um, – we're going to do an ounce and a half pour of Brackish OG, which mm-hmm. they've got some different flavors. So we're going to go OG with the original fl- um, flavor. And then we're going to sorry, squeeze a little bit of lemon juice in there. And mm-hmm. then we're going to top this off with ginger beer for a little bit of flavor. I love it. And then, of course, the garnish with lime for those garnish. of you not watching on YouTube. So a little lemon, a little lime, a little ginger beer, and then, of course, the OG Brackish yes. vodka, and that's all you need. It is, and it's good for this kind of weather. Thank you, sir. And no matter what, it's, you can drink this thing all day. Right. Cheers. There we go. There all we right, go. boys. Well, we don't have Grand Marsh either here. Jags. So uh, I'm going to have to kind of just improvise here, and here we go. Let's, uh, let's get that video popping, boys. For those of you who may be unfamiliar, the Brackish vodka segment is not only on the air, on radio, but it is on video as well. There they go, the annual chug, the daily, we weekly chug here on the famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show. Downed it, ready to rumble. A score prediction from you, sir. Ooh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, 21-14 Jags. Okay, all love right. It. We love like that. that. Yeah. We like the yeah, sound of that. that one. So Great 21-14. So, we're, I mean, that's – I was just hoping that they come in and bring it home. Yeah. You know – Brackish is not going to beat itself. No. The Jaguars might. We'll, we'll see it. But, but the Duval donkey is not beating itself. No. The Duval donkey remains undefeated. Yeah. So undefeated to us. Yeah, make you sure you come on by Growler's Bar and Grill and you grab yourself a Duval donkey. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. Thank you, sir. Happy Appreciate it. A happy new year. Happy and uh, hopefully, Chad, hopefully we will be speaking with you in the new year here at Growler's Bar and Grill. For a playoff game. Exactly, sir. Exactly. That's the spirit. All right. Before Hayes and I give our final thoughts and score predictions, let's head back to 1010XL World Headquarters. Producer Casey Dobson, a score prediction from you, my good sir. I'm willing it, Casey Jarrett Bethard. I'm willing it to you, okay? It's not going to be a high-scoring game. 12-9, to Jags win. Let's go, baby. Let's go. 12 to 9. That's right. It's, it's going to be a Brandon McManus type game. He's got to okay. redeem himself with me. So Is that yeah. 12 the Iowa way? Like with a, a touchdown, a field goal, and a two-point conversion? No, 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 or four, no. we're, four we're field just, goals? We're just looking at four straight up through the uprights. That's, okay. that's it. I know. In- uh, it's not exciting. I don't care how you get it done. Get me a win. Just get a win. Hayes Carlion? I- I'm going to go 21-6 Jaguars. I think Carolina is cashing in their chips. 
Uh, so I don't think they're going to be very spirited today. And I think the Jaguars really do get a sense of the stakes that are involved. I think they'll play well uh, for Beathard in, in terms of what you're, you're doing with a backup. And I think defensively, they're going to be outstanding. I think they're going to really get after Bryce Young. I think the Jaguars are plus two on turnover margin today, and that is the difference. So I think Jags comfortable, not a ton of points, but I think Jags comfortable today in a win. What about you? Yeah, I'm also going to go the scoregami route. Um, no more oppo. It's this simple. If you can't beat the Panthers, you don't deserve to be playing in January. I have the Jaguars winning. It's 20 to 15. And the 15 will be the Iowa way for the Carolina Panthers, by the way. Um, Look, this is a statement game for the Jags, but I think if they can get a win, they've done well against teams with losing records at Everbank Stadium so far this season. Let's hope they continue that streak here this afternoon. Our thanks to Frank Frangie. Our thanks to Dimitri Rabinos for joining us on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline. Our thanks to Chad and the crew at Growler's Bar and Grill and Tailgaters Parking for hosting us as always. And hopefully we'll see you back here. Same time, same place, maybe. Maybe a little bit later in the day in two weeks' time for a Jaguars playoff game. The Public Tailgate Show with Brian Sexton, J.P. Shadrick, and friends comes up next right here on 1010XL, and we will catch you later. <laughs>